podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Day in 269 AD, St Valentine was beaten, stoned, beheaded, but and buried for helping persecute Christians and marrying Christian couples. On this day in 1999, Mayan, Mayan Christians are marrying. Marrying. You're, you're ruining this bit because right. on this day in 1999, right. I bought my Valentine a CD single of For the Causes Stand by Me. It was unreciprocated. On this day in 2005, YouTube was launched. On this day in 2012, Rangers went into administration. And finally, in 2019, Craig G. Telfer and Nungu Mackay appear on a podcast together. Welcome to Thursday's edition of The Terrace. I'm joined by the aforementioned Craig G. Telfer. Hello, nice to see you. And a man who will return to Kakodi, his abode this evening, and struggle to open the door for the sheer weight <laughs> of cards and presents. It's Sean McGuigan. Uh, yeah, that won't happen, but hello. Genuinely, uh, I will astonish me two things. <clears throat> Obviously, the first thing you and I have done a podcast together, Duncan. Uh, but perhaps even more so that you are not out tonight, Sean. Yeah, no, I, 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 nothing could be more romantic than us three huddling round a table to talk about Dumbarton. You could have sex with a woman. I'd much, I'd, I'd much, much, much rather be doing that. I'd rather be with Judith Ralston, if I'm going to be completely honest. I could listen to her talk about the weather for hours. Well, well we, can, we can maybe sort that for you now. We've got contacts in the BBC, just to her reading the weather to you. Um, Sorry, before we start, this will be your first public appearance since you're shamed uh, <laughs> the live show. I've, I've, I've been through a roller coaster of emotions <laughs> since last Friday. I thought, I didn't think I was that drunk, and then, <laughs> and then I clearly was. I, I stayed at Tom's on Friday night, and I was like, oh, it's quite a good time. And then I woke up in the morning, and I felt like I'd been hit by a bus. And then a snowplow, and then a, <laughs> a, then a dumper truck. I, I was so bad, I didn't even. I had a ticket for the Hibs Wraith game. I was meant to meet Sean at Waverley and we'll go for a few pints <laughs> for the game. I, that I just went home and I slept till half past six. What well, well, done to those who 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 didn't make the live show? It was a brilliant night. I, 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 it I was. Really from what time. I remember, I really hope it is recorded so I can. <laughs> I, I, the last thing I remember is Andy Harrell standing up, and that was. Uh, uh, because there's a photograph to prove it, I think that, that's probably No, I, it, it was a flashback. It right. reminded me, I was like, well, oh, I do remember him doing that. But we originally intended to do a QA session at the end <clears> where we got everyone up on stage, but because of time constraints, that, that, that wasn't going to happen. Instead, Fowler got everyone to come up on stage, and then all of a sudden, Duncan, yourself, who'd been uh, sort of on the like the administrative, registrative side of, of the of the evening, uh, comes barreling onto the stage. It's like, stop, 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 you can't read the microphones. <laughs> the microphones and it's like right mate we're, we're, we're not doing that anymore and then when Fowler had uh, tried to thank the audience Duncan heckled them for a good three minutes solid actually yeah very, I saw the video funny. and it wasn't I was cringing and oh, you know it reminded me of actually it reminded <coughs> me of uh, the episode of The Simpsons Cape Fear where Sideshow Bob stands in all the rakes because <laughs> it's funny to begin with then stops getting funny but because it keeps happening <laughs> it actually starts getting funny again so it's all well done I'd, I'd, uh, I'd spent many hours writing a load of material that I hoped that some people would either find interesting or possibly find it amusing and all those hours went into that and yet Duncan Mackay just stands up on the stage blittered and Aye. absolutely brings a house down that is, uh, that is quite a talent well, uh, it did make me re-examine my uh, relationship with alcohol and all those sorts of things. I like, so, the, ex- I like the excuses. That's like sort of, uh, you know when you first start drinking when you're about like 15, 16 and somebody gets absolutely smashed. You know, it's like, I'm like, oh, I-, I didn't have any dinner. I was completely a different level of smashed, I think, anyone else in the room. What have you, so you been drinking beforehand? Just pints. Just but pints. I just drank quite a lot of them and I generally didn't have dinner which if you, if you skip a meal at my size is a risk not, not having a, not having dinner is a, a schoolboy type error yeah, if you're yeah. drinking and a schoolboy type excuse <laughs> <laughs> right anyway let's get back to business uh, I've heard that all you've got to do on these lower league shows is sit back 
you two talk and I interject by saying uh, hearts every so often as some oh, sort of yeah, hold equivalent of uh, Father Jack. Yeah, uh, it's like it? four minutes twenty. We've already got yeah, to mention him for Heart of Midlothian. So without further ado, we'll not tell people what we're doing because why, why? They're already hooked. Uh, let's get lunged into the, the pits of the championship like a divorced dad and jumping jacks. Uh, <laughs> so. At least no one was daft enough to predict that Dunfermline would win the league on a pilot episode for a TV show <laughs> adapted from a podcast, eh? I uh, I may have suggested that Dunfermline could win the league this season. Oh, we all got things wrong in that, that we, pilot. We did all, and all the good thing wrong. is it'll never see the light of day, so uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased. I'm pleased. We all, we, all said, we all said things that we, that we didn't mean. Stevie, so, uh, Stevie Crawford is starting to look like he already resembles a manager who is kind of in his kind of death throes <laughs> of his time at the club, but he's, he's, he's reached this stage after like two games. I mean, his interviews are, are, are fairly, fairly awful, actually. We've, we've spoken about the fact that they can't kind of score goals. Uh, I, think, uh, I think Bruce Anderson may. Uh, kind of rectify that. I watched the highlights of the game against uh, Ross County. He looked like a real, uh, a real bright spark. He scored that. He scored a really good goal as well. I saw him earlier. It was interesting earlier in the season when Ray Rovers played Aberdeen in uh, the Challenge Cup. And after after about fifty minutes, uh, the the kind of Aberdeen is under twenty threes or under whatever under age. Under uh, They, I mean, they looked, technically they looked good. But as soon as Ian Davison got fed up and started kicking everybody, <laughs> then, then they fell out of the game. With the exception of Anderson, he looked uh, a cut above. Uh, he scored arguably the best goal uh, I've seen at starts part of the season. So he he really looked lively uh, against against Ross County, but he still uh, kind of capitulated. As soon as the film can see the goal, as he did against Rafe Rovers, uh, I mean, the film was the better team that day. But as soon as Rafe Rovers scored, they, they almost just kind of jacked that in. We've spoken about the defence. Lee Ashcroft uh, has a mistake in him, as does Danny Devine, as does Mark Dunnan. The strange thing is, though, collectively, they, they don't actually concede that many goals. So, whereas individually they don't look that clever as, as a unit, they're not actually that bad, I think. It's 30 goals, at least of the bottom four yeah, at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, admittedly, that might actually be more to do with the fact that maybe the midfield is something to drop a lot deeper to, to protect them. I'm not entirely certain. Uh, but, I mean, they're in a really kind of bleak. I think it's three wins in 15 Wow I didn't realise It was as bad as that And I, I mean the fact that uh, Partick have kind of Got a wee bit of momentum uh, Falkirk have got a wee bit Of momentum Partick just had a very good 2019 though haven't they I think once you get over the I mean Chris Erskine leaving Was a big thing And I think that That was more of a symbolic uh, A symbolic departure mm-hmm. Than anything else But Partick Thistle Are in pretty good form But it's a very Partick Thistle thing To uh, progress in the Scottish Cup And look as though You're doing well while simultaneously <laughs> dropping to the bottom of the table without actually uh, having having played a league game, the Dunfermline won't get out of this kind of malaise unless they can and, unless they can start scoring goals. I mean, defensively, as I said, defensively isn't really an issue. Back to isn't going to score goals. Miles Hippolyte isn't going to score goals unless Bruce Anderson does is the guy that is going to score goals. Then they are really going to get sucked he's not, into. He's it. not a proper striker though, Bruce Anderson. He's a sort of a sort of like attack-minded midfielder. Somebody you mean you see no, him? Yeah, Elgin. no, he can, but he can play through the middle as well. I think he's just been deployed at that a lot of that position for Aberdeen because they've got other yeah. big lumps that, that can play. So I think I think that's I think Anderson needs the game time. I think uh, the Aberdeen fans are excited and want to see him play, but at the same time, as you know that. that you're not going to replace Sam Cosgrove with them. No, I, I was surprised though, uh, having seen him early in the season, only scored the goal against Rangers, that probably is his most famous goal, having seen him in and out of the Aberdeen team early in the season, if he was to go out on loan, which is a good good for him, given given yeah. what we said, I was surprised that he went to uh, a Dunfermline. I thought maybe, um, like say Inverness or Ross County, not necessarily these teams need him, but a sort of more upward facing mm-hmm. team, rather than a sort of team who, as you say, mm-hmm. are in a bit of a... Bit of a funk at the moment. The thing is as well, about, you kind of worry about Crawford as well because, I mean, okay, so so, so possibly he's learned a lot uh, from his coaching spell at Hearts. He may have learned a lot from his coaching spell at uh, MK Dons, and if he has, then absolutely fair enough. But his one and only managerial spell was at East Fife. That wasn't particularly su- successful. Man, he's, a play, he's playing at the time. He's playing uh, yeah, the, I mean, centre midfield actually my, for East Fife at the time. My memory of that East Fife team was that they were they were decent to watch uh, and they, they they attacked a good bit and were kind of pleasant on the eye, but they kind of rarely won games. And this Dunfermline team is kind of looking a bit similar. Um, but no, I, I think they're getting sucked in. I think them and I think possibly even Morton uh, might be in big trouble. Do, are, are Morton in danger of being dragged, dragged into the, the mire? Or is there just a case that the other four 
that we're going to talk about, the other three that we're going to talk about, and the film are going to just you know, cutting each other's throats. The, so. I'm positive that new manager bounce was a thing. I'm positive that like, it used to be a thing, or did I just make it up? Because <laughs> well, so certainly it's, it's an idiom. You know, yeah. these people people say these things. And then they would just become accepted. Yeah, like so, sliced yeah. bread. Sliced yeah. bread's the best thing. So I was sort of quoting mid-morning matters, but <laughs> there are not enough people I've seen. Him. You know, he goes, he goes, he's talking to this guy on the radio, and he goes, you can't keep saying sliced bread. You can't, you know, everyone knows it. It's just, it's, just, it's an idiom. And the guy comes back, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it goes on for If you've not seen it, it's, uh, it's not funny. Talking, yeah. about, talking about idiots, uh, Jonathan Johansson, yes. uh, five wins in 19, and he appears to be on some kind of mission to just kind of destroy this this modern side at the start of the season looked kind of decent ah, they looked I thought sort of upward maybe but a top four perhaps yeah. sort, of, sort of looking team and, and to be fair they, won, they, they did win a couple of games they strung together I think they I think they may have beaten Falkirk and Ross County maybe and I think that put them top four however they, they haven't won since and there's a strange thing in the fact that so of the, the midfielders that Morton have I would say that Michael Tidzer is probably the best midfielder that they have he, he hasn't had the career that I thought he might have had when he first come through at Morton yeah, I think he got him for Celtic uh, I, I thought he looked excellent uh, as a youngster went away to Rotherham maybe come back they had that rather amusing thing oh, where they signed him and then they couldn't play him for six yeah. months <laughs> he'd already played for two teams that season but start of the season he was playing really well uh, under Ray McKinnon since uh, Johansson's come in he's either been uh, kind of shunted out wide where you don't get the best out of him and now he's actually been shunted onto the bench uh, so you're definitely not going to get the, the best out of him there they, they brought in uh, Dylan Dykes on loan who went straight into the, the, the team against Dungeon United they looked okay in the second half uh, against Dungeon United but, but, but still lost of the other signings that he's brought in uh, I think Greg Kilty will probably make a difference wide left so, so he could certainly uh, kind of help matters there have I made up the fact that Andrew Dallas was on loan at Stenhouse Muir? No, you have not. Andrew Dallas was on loan at Stenhouse Muir. Uh, we spoke about Andy Dallas uh, last time I was on the show with uh, the big cock and Craig Fowler. And I, 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 what I say about Andy, that was in the Patreon show, so I know I, a lot of the marks aren't prepared to submit uh, two bucks a month to listen to our jibber jabber. So I'll just basically repeat the point that I made then. Uh, Andrew Dallas technically is a very, very good football player. You can see it in his movement, he's quite athletic. Um, he's a very good finisher and it's sort of the, the way he kind of dances around inside the penalty box is impressive. Quite a powerful runner as well. However, he made his debut against Edinburgh City and this is a very bad Edinburgh City side. You can't really, I mean, the side, yeah. this season the night and day side. And he scored two goals in a 4-0 win at Ainsley Park. And we were thinking, well, geez, well, we've got a right player, a good player in our hands here. The next week, Stenisphere played Montrose and he came up against Sean Dillon and Matty Allen. And he got a bit of a lesson against them. And I think Dallas's time at Stenismere would be seen as a qualified success. I think it was good for him and it was good for the club because the club ultimately got promoted into League One. But if I was to use the... You know the people say there's a big disparity between academy football and uh, like first proper, team, proper, proper man's game. Rocking, rocking man's <laughs> game football. He's a perfect example of that. Uh, I think he, there's, a, there's a player there, but I just think you're, to... you're not going to get the, the time and the ball. Folk are going to push you about. Folk are going to shove you. And if he can get to grips with that, I think there's a fine fine player in there. And because he scored loads of goals at a at reserve team level. Since we were very keen to get him back this season, it, it didn't happen. And it's probably best for him that he's, he's playing at a, a higher level. But there, there's a very good player in there. Uh, but it's just... Perfect example of that disparity between uh, boys football and mm-hmm. rocking lounge game. There was a really, it was a weird kind of interview with uh, Johansson in the, in the paper last week, and that he basically said that his job, he was tasked with reducing the age of the team during the trans during the, the January transfer window. So you think, right, okay, so that sounds like a, a kind of long term plan to, yeah. to to bring the age of the squad Maybe down. Not one you'd want to do in January. But, but then the next paragraph was. Uh, he has only one player that's still under contract until next season so that seems like a very odd task to, to lower the age of the squad in the, the January transfer window I, I don't know I don't know if he's made it any better and he's and he's brought in Peter Houston to be his assistant or was that, was that did I that think, happen straight away I think that was earlier I think that move was, was made uh, reasonably early in his, his tenure uh, but no, they. I mean, defensively they're poor. Up front they're not scoring goals. I think Denny Johnson has been injured for the for the vast majority of the season. And again, of the teams uh, in that kind of bottom five, the, the championship is a weird 
league in that there's, there's probably eight teams at this moment of time that probably think they can maybe get promoted <laughs> no sorry <laughs> uh, aye, there's probably six that could go aye. down and probably eight that could potentially still go up technically I mean Falkirk are only nine points outside the top four Yeah. so a... I mean if they could continue that run you know, I don't expect it to but, but you never know you but never know. I think Morton's in trouble what, what we're seeing though from, from Falkirk it's, uh, are we finally seeing the, the big the, mo the real <laughs> Falkirk you know I mean that was a huge result for them against Aloha Athletic because if you remember the times they played them against the season a lot of people imagine a lot of people who haven't watched Aloha didn't see a lot of Aloha last season think part time team they'll be the whipping boys in the division that's not the case because Aloha have got some very good players and, and Jim Goodwin's a good manager but their results against Aloha they, they lost to them they threw away a two goal lead against them so if anything else it's, it's brought Aloha right back into the allegation thing taking Falkirk as you say not just out as rele- not just as relegation candidates but a team that, that a long way away but could look upwards into the top four I think that was a massive monkey off their back uh, beating Alwa and they, they took their we, I just watched the highlights uh, before we started recording they took their two goals very well particularly Jordan McGee's first half header which mean the movement I think was to get away from Taggart inside the penalty box to thump a header past Neil Parry was brilliant and Zach Rudden uh, after the restart scoring the, the vital goal what a signing he's been you could say pound for pound he might have been the best signing in the SPFL uh, in the lower leagues this season? Well, I mean, he's made a massive difference. I mean, he's pretty much the only player who's scoring for Falkirk. I mean, McKenna's been really clever in the January transfer window and he's really cleared the decks. So he's got rid of a load of Drek and the guys that he's brought in are now, for the first time this season, allowing Falkirk to be on the front foot in games. Just as an aside, did, I don't know, I didn't listen to Did anyone listen to Paul Hartley's interview with Simon Ferry on Open Goal? It's on my queued list. So right. no. I'd be interested to know if he had anything to say about... About, about bad times? No, probably not. Probably not. No, so no, just, no, no, uh, just, just, just jokes about Romanov and... And drinking. Which is a shame, actually, because hearing about his take on his spell at Falkirk would actually be really interesting. Yeah. Be interesting to see if he'd found a new way to play football, included nine mid- centre midfielders. But like, I mean, <laughs> but I'm sure he's. Said, I'm sure he said in the past though he didn't get enough time at Falkirk. Mm. But, that, but I mean, you can see. I mean, that time thing. is time is continuum. Yes. Like, like, but I'm sure you can see that the fact that Ray McKinnon comes in and immediately bins off with a couple of about a week or so, yeah, bins off five players, <clears> and then bins off the rest and is completely turned turn the squad. But, but as you were saying, you've got quite impressed with the. The transfer business. I mean, guys like so. I think Ian McShane is a great signing. Mm-hmm. I mean, every the, the next player to touch the ball after Ian McShane will always be a Falkirk player. You know, what I mean? yeah, they just they yeah. never ever waste that's a pass. That's which, a really good comparison. And, and the lower leagues, I mean, that's you know that's that should not be underestimated. Uh, they now have uh, pace on the wings. I'm going to make a pig's ear of how you pronounce his name. But is it Petrovicius? Petrovicius, yeah. Uh, on the right hand side, I think uh, is it Davis Killer Dunn that yep. they brought in for Ross County. They can play on the other side. Uh, so suddenly they can attack teams with pace they're still kind of lacking in options up front I think although as you say Zach Rudden is a, is a brilliant option albeit pretty much their only one uh, in the forward areas they've brought in is it Harry Burgoyne I think on yeah, loan from Burnham I mean they've struggled for goalkeepers uh, all season uh, Falkirk fans are really impressed with him so right away uh, that's making a massive difference and then at the back Paul Dixon who was playing centre half to start with he's now been kind of shunted out to his natural position at wide <laughs> William Edge and Gelly, the United fans weren't too keen on him towards He's the, the latter end. Well so far for He's done well for Falkirk. He also done really well when he first joined Dunn United. He always used to get into the SPFL uh, team of the week. If anyone uh, can get into the SPFL <laughs> team of the week, they'll always have it. As, as you know, a, a huge <laughs> I saw, I saw uh, Duckins Mackay <laughs> playing for, for McSporran FC at the weekend, and Fowler all have him in the team. He used words like dynamism and energy, and so just empty, empty positives. <laughs> Uh, so, so the edge has is, is, is started off quite well he started off quite well at Dungeon United as well to be fair and I know Kieran McKenna who they've uh, they brought across for Ireland I can't remember which team that they was it Derry? Uh, quite possibly uh, I'm, I'm not sure but again he is uh, he's really uh, kind of hit the ground running so yeah they now have a team that if they probably started with this team you know back in July and August then they probably would be uh, up the, the, the top uh, top reaches of the league the, their only concern would be I think I think three of their next four games are against uh, top three. So that might kind of knock their momentum. We'll find out how good a team Falkirk are. It's all very well one thing beating Al Athletic. And let's be honest, Al are a good side. It's all one thing beating a team that are sort of towards the bottom of the table. But another thing beating like a Ross County, Inverness mm-hmm. or Air United. I mean, 
Sorry, sorry, go on. No, I was, going to, I was actually going to move on to Aloha, but he I was actually just going to make a point. Actually, uh, Harry Burgoyne has is, is came on loan from Wolves, and as we all know, they always uh, send up really good loan goalkeepers. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, um, there's not one day that goes by when I don't think about the time Jamie Ruddy phoned me at my desk at work to <laughs> offer me out for a straightener. <laughs> I won't go into it because I shared that story at the at the live show. And it was uh, it was funny a couple of nights ago, and it's uh, it's still funny now. Uh, but but Alwa, I mean that's still competitive. Alwa have never been anything less than competitive. But I mean a couple of uh, bad defeats over the last uh, couple of weeks. I think they have a, a giant Jake Hasty shaped hole uh, in their team. I mean. A lot of other success this season is the fact that they were able to attack teams with, with pace. So the fact that Bifolka now have that in their team. Uh, so Alawa had Zanata, uh, kind of Connor Shields is no slouch as well, but Hasty, Hasty was the kind of yeah. shining light, I suppose. He, it's, it's interesting because he scored maybe two or three goals for Motherwell in recent weeks. Oh, he scored mm-hmm. an absolute storm uh-huh. against St Mirren. Yes. I mean, he wasn't scoring goals for Alawa. He, he scored one uh, in all his time there, but he, he could get them up the park. He could beat a man. He could get crosses into the box. Now they've brought in Jordan Kirkpatrick, who is also a very good player, and that's pretty much his direct replacement. Yeah, but but his, his his attributes, he's got a completely different skill set. He's, he's uh, for more Hastie. sort of player who uh, sort of plays wide players, but different kind because Hasty will want to hit the byline, and get crosses in, and take players on. Kirkpatrick's probably more methodical, and will want to come in to uh, to the middle of the park. So you're kind of having to change the way that you play to accommodate him. I watched them against Ayr, and they were. They were kind of unfortunate. I mean, they lost three one. They were kind of unfortunate. They they had a good few opportunities actually to, to get a draw out of that game, and that's that that's been kind of key to them this season. The fact that they've been able to to, to come but to come from behind. I think they had something like there was about six games in a row or something where they went behind, but still either got either a one point or, mm. or three points mm. for the game, and they almost managed that against the United. But the concern would be if the highlights that I watched of the Falkirk uh, game is, is representative of the ninety minutes. They, they they looked a good bit second best, to be honest. I, mean, so, I was going to make a comment about the Falkirk TV commentators. Uh, by all means, I, I've, I've I've stopped. La- See when they were funny and you were able to laugh at them. Yeah, uh, that was good. And now they're now they're just irritating. Yeah, yeah, we watched them. But it's saying that it's like Zanata bursting at the balls. Clearly a handball. <laughs> Fucking shots. <laughs> uh, Partick Thistle. We got in to say Partick Thistle. I think uh, I th- despite going bottom, do we think they're going to be? Do you think they're going to be safe? Uh, I do actually. So they are they are four games unbeaten now. I am less I'm less confident in their signings though. Uh, they've brought in Ali Roy, who is particularly poor at Dumbarton. They they have brought in Joe Cardo, but he's uh, already uh, he is already uh, injured, uh, which meant that Miles Story had to come back into the team, which obviously uh, diamond in the rough, which weakens Miles them, Story. which weakens them immediately. Okay. They've brought in three centre half, so uh, so their entire backline against East Fife was was new signings. It was Stephen Saunders and Jack McMillan, and I'm trying to remember the oh. Uh, Stephen Anderson, who oh, yeah, of course scored in, uh, and from St. Johnson, I think that's a, a fantastic signing. Uh, I noticed as well that Sean McGinty has now uh, been dropped for the squad, so immediately uh, that that has improved them. Next signing, the glue factor. <laughs> <laughs> do, I, do I think they'll get out of it? I think, I think Allah will finish bottom. Uh, unfortunately, just uh, I can see them going on a wee bit of a poor run. Uh, you, you know something just just the fact that they're part time I appreciate they've done really well this season just the fact that they're part time you, you, you just automatically think that they're going to be the team to struggle and I do think they made, I mean they started the season pretty poorly it was something like two wins in 15 mm. or something if they go back into that then, then they're absolutely knackered I will say that ninth may be I'll go for Dunfermline to finish ninth you think Ooh. if Dunfermline finished ninth he'd go down no, because they'd huckle us out the they'd huckle us out the playoffs. What's well, to be? Who says that Wraith Rovers are going to be the team? We might we might finish fifth right enough. <laughs> uh, they, no, no, I think they would probably stay up. Uh, who who would be in the playoffs? Ourselves and maybe East Fife and Forford. No, I still expect them to win that. Ah, yeah, I think Montrose and Airdrie kind of in League. Well, we'll move on to League One, but they they find themselves in limbo. They're not really doing. I think Montrose could, could Montrose could maybe do something. Airdrie, uh, yeah, they look like they've got issues on the park. And again, it seems like every single member of their board has just left. So they seem to have issues again uh, off, oh, off yeah, the park. Oh yeah, reading the Pine Wavell thread, yeah. and I was yeah. kind of just like, oh, catch up with Airdrie, and then it's all yes. the marks and Aye. stuff going on there about some guy's name you've never heard of who's angry about some other guy about shares and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so at the bottom of League One, we we have. Team of Erskine on 24 points and then Breaking Ends Dennis Muir on 22 
and Dumbarton on 21 so you've got two of the teams that dropped from the championship last season yeah, uh, we'll talk before we go on to all these things. We we'll talk about yeah. Aberdeen versus Strana because okay, yes, that match yeah. was played on Tuesday night. Um, it finished one-one, and this was because they played each other on Saturday, yeah. and that match was abandoned uh, after twelve minutes. Darren Jameson, now Aberdeen goalkeeper, took a goal kick. It went up in there, it blew it for a corner. Kyle Turner, Stranraer player, went to take the corner. It blew straight out for a goal <laughs> kick, and at that point, the referee was like, "Going to be an nah, infinite loop for the next is, ninety minutes." Aye, this, is, this, is, this isn't going to happen. This isn't going to happen. So um, they, they replayed the game on Tuesday. I think it was a, a surprise one-one draw. Stranraer went into that game uh, having lost their last four matches. Uh, judging by the highlights, it looked like it was quite an entertaining game, uh, particularly when Max Curry, a goalkeeper, ran thirty-five yards from his goal to Polak's uh, Jason Thompson. He <laughs> <laughs> steaming out. <laughs> Jumps into him, absolutely brilliant. But um, Bobby Lynn, who else opened the score, and it was a uh, broke down the inside right channel and finished on the goalkeeper's legs. Spence hit the crossbar with a header not long afterwards. But then, similarly, Stranraer actually the better of the chances because Jameson pulled off a couple of good saves and made a brilliant save for Vittoria, uh, diving uh, across the face of goal to push it away. Um, the second half looked, um, this is judging by the highlights, the second half looked pretty scrappy, but it seemed a scrappy game that Stranraer were on top on. Um, they, they got their goal when Kyle Turner uh, reacted to a rebound Grant Anson a header it was saved and Kyle Turner ran in to, to, to score from close range and what was interesting although the match finished 1-1 you can hear there's a small section of our bro fans booed the team at the full time whistle and just, think, even though they just went hell, 13 points clear you're 13 points clear uh, absolutely ridiculous and to think I mean I saw in, again talk about Pine Bovel I was reading on the Wraith Rovers thread there are some fans who think that, well, maybe we can catch our bro. <laughs> and you think, right, it would take, right, see if our bro's right, it'd take a massive collapse yeah. from our bro's right. But you're also buying from Wraith Rovers actually <laughs> winning into all these points away. Our, uh, our biggest winning run this season is two games. So <laughs> I, 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 I don't anticipate, us, I don't anticipate yeah. us chasing this uh, 13 point lead down. Yeah. The thing is, it's, I actually think if, if you could have put this our bro's team under pressure, I think, because they're not on that good a run at the moment, two wins in five, something like that. So, after after Wraith beat them uh, at Gayfield there has been an opportunity mm-hmm. to, to, to close them down but the Rovers are right on pretty much an even worse sure, record than is it, it not uh, sort of like when our both drop points yeah, Wraith Rovers uh, have dropped points uh, as well uh, no I, I don't anticipate anybody other than our both winning the league no not, not at all but, but Stranraer will have a big say in, in what happens at the bottom of the table because their next three games they play Dumbarton at home then they play Brecon City away and then they take on Stennis Muir at home in the rearranged game. I thought that Stranraer would, I think Stranraer so far have actually punched above their weight. Remember, uh, it would be about a year ago in fact, when Stranraer had real, yeah. real difficult financial problems. They were basically in a car boot sale. Yeah, like Cammy Belford left, uh, Ryan Wallace went to uh, Arbroath and he's done really, really well there. Um, Stevie Bell went to Air United, won the league with him and he's still doing, doing very well from there. So the team, I think there's about a handful of older, more experienced players like Anderson, um, Jamie Hamill, Hamill mm-hmm. um, Adam Cummings, stuff like that, and it's fleshed out by young players, but good young players, right enough, but, but young players all the same. Um, and I think they had a good start to the season, but I think now this is perhaps a true reflection of where that squad should be. They've, they've went on their worst run since Stevie Aiken had that weird celebratory tweet uh, to, to Stevie Farrell after they oh. beat Dumbarton. Uh, it's like, that's my boy or something ah, it, was, it was all very odd but they, like, as you say this is the worst one so they lost four in a row they, they kind of badly needed that point just yeah. to, to, to steady the ship they've got a good wee I think they've got a good wee points gap though uh, I would expect them to stay up unless all the teams points gap. Uh, be, be, between themselves and, uh, and then the three teams but there's no wee no, gap just there. Two three points, points. Oh, two, 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 uh, three points between them and Dumbarton I mean them and Breaking have got a game in hand over Steny and Dumbarton I, I don't expect the three below them to be able to, to kick on no, and I think they'll probably just eke out enough points to stay above it I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to tell you to shut up right now because I, I disagree <laughs> I know a lot of the time in these podcasts it's me and Sean just, 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 just back slapping and stuff like that I mean if you, I know you can't see it but most of the time I've got my arm draped around Sean <laughs> sort of just patting him on the shoulder sometimes but, but I think uh, I think Stennis Muir are going to stay up I'm, I'm confident Stennis Muir will stay up and I'll tell you why I think that uh, the signing of Andy Monroe has been has been phenomenal for Stennis Muir Andy Monroe's played four games for Stenny, right? debut 1-1 draw at Aberdeen right? second game beat Erdrionians 1-0 fourth game lost 4-1 to Aberdeen <laughs> but he scored he scored yeah. the goal fourth game 
beat Montrose 1-0. So what Andy Monroe has done, he has improved the back line immeasurably by just standards, shouting at players when they give the ball away. Organisation, just a big, big mouth in the pitch as well, and he's a big, strong boy, and he's a stopper. You know, there's nothing really fancy about his game as long as that ball is as far away from the goal as possible. He's happy. He's happy. Stennis Muir, they played Montrose. Montrose have beaten Stennis Muir twice this season, and I think without Andy Munro on the team, that would have been a game that, that Stennis Muir lost. There wasn't much between the sides. Uh, Russell McLean missed a good few chances. Uh, Bad finishing, uh, good goalkeeping by Graham Smith. And Dennis Muir had a couple of chances, but took one of them. It was Greg Hurst, who has joined from St. Johnson. Uh, very, very well-worked goal. There's four players in the team involved. It was uh, Alan Reid sort of played a cross-field pass. Mark McGuigan uh, cooked it into his path, and Hurst took it wide and finished. Actually, very good finish from, from an angle there. And what Stennis Muir have now is they have more solid at the back, and Mark McGuigan has got support up front. Disappointingly, Cameron Bredner is a guy who they signed alone from St Mirren. He was only in the pitch for about 30 minutes. He, he looked excellent. I mean, his first thing was he beat a man and hit a shot from about 30 yards that just whistled past the post. He's injured for four weeks, between four and six weeks now. So that's, that's really disappointing. But I think that, uh, I think that, that, that Steny are... are Do they have enough work. goals in them? Do you think? I still think? I know you're saying that McGuigan's got support, but do they still have enough goals in them? Because unless if they don't, then unless those clean sheets yeah, keep coming along every week, then they're not going to get these three points. But if the clean sheets do keep coming along every week, do you think that will happen? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, because then he have. I'm just looking at it here. They've, they've scored the least out of those four sides, and they've conceded the most as well. Really? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, well, uh, that, that I, can, I can copy out a league table. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some pretty mad skills. There there is, I mean, Stennis Muir have had a real uh, problem with signing strikers over the last 18 months. Only one of them, uh, Mark McGuigan, has been. Mark McGuigan's been an amazing signing for Stennis Muir. Absolutely. No one wants to play wingman to, no one wants to play fiddle, second fiddle to to Mr. Mr. Gold. I mean, the whole team's built around trying to get the best out. I mean, it's a sort of four. Four one one, and it sort of balls into McGuigan, and then the team presses up around him. So he's really sensible. But some of the guys that have come in recently, uh, like Jamie Longworth, kind of in a bit of a downward uh, spiral by the time he pitched up. But then he wasn't particularly good at Aloha mm-hmm. and that form carry on. Yeah. And, and it's no real surprise to see him playing in the Lowland League because he didn't really hit the. Uh, the header on fire Kevin O'Hara was a poor loan signing from Falkirk expected a lot better from him Andy Dallas was alright he was a qualified success but then Bobby Vaughan who scored something like about 25 goals in the Maltese second division it turns out that you can't really compare Scottish League 1 to the Maltese second division I mean this is like fucking Champions League final compared to the Maltese <laughs> second division well, Bobby Vaughan does sound like does sound <laughs> oh, everyone wanted him to do it yeah, yeah. I was in the commentary box we beat Dumbarton uh, 2-1 and uh, I was like bing bong go for the Warriors remember the name Bobby Vaughan <laughs> he does like a distant then, cousin of no, Ray Vaughan uh, from Phoenix Knights then like, everyone yeah. turned around and it was like it's actually uh, Connor Duffy that scored bing <laughs> <laughs> bong <laughs> correction <laughs> go for the Warriors Connor Duffy <laughs> I, uh, but is, it, is it not the Maltese second division that Brecon signed Dean Shields from Team Hibernian, I'm sure it was a Hibernians. They're 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 a top league. Team. They're they're regular champions of. Uh, I, I thought I thought it was a football. I thought it was a lower team uh, in the Maltese league because I watched his uh, kind of highlights video on YouTube and it was all put together from goals scored in this league. And all three of us, judging by the, the standard in this video, all three of us would get a game as goalkeepers <laughs> in, in the division. <laughs> it was it, it was probably maybe twelve goals and genuinely nine of them were the goalkeepers' fault. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they still on top of that though that we're talking I Stennis might have a problem with goals there is still a, a huge overreliance on Mark McGuigan and uh, Gregor Hurst hasn't been prolific in, in his career but I do think that, that things can change uh, Stennis on top of that uh, I, I know we'll, we'll talk about them Dumbarton I think Dumbarton were if they hadn't signed Dom Thomas mm-hmm. I think they would be prime candidates to go down rather than uh, just <coughs> in, in the throng of it. Uh, Breakin, uh, just, uh, just, just not good enough itself. That, that's, it all goes back. Uh, Darren Dodds, when the, the team were promoted into the championship, Darren Dodds like, your budget's getting cut. And I think the budget's been cut again, and it is really just a sort of ragtag bunch. Yeah, so they're now in a position where they're 
two years on from getting promoted, they've, they've cut twice. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think uh, if you remember a couple of years ago, Breakin were sort of like for part time teams, Breakin were like a byword for like stability. Yeah, and it's like you're really. I mean, imagine still the case. You're Living really, your means. You're like, really well looked after at Breakin. A good club, always looking, look upwards, looking for for the top four. But now it's sort of like they're a bit of a, bit of a joke club, in it? and I don't think Breakin should, should be that. I mean, they are love love going to Breakin and stuff, but I don't think there's a good group of players there. But I mean, you're going to talk about Dumbarton. And what on earth were we thinking? I don't know who was a bigger fool, Steve Aiken or us, for thinking that Dumbarton could do well this season. Signing a handful of good players uh, and then putting them on the railways, uh, <laughs> filling out the rest never, of the Never not funny. Like, <laughs> never not funny. Filling out the rest of the squad with, with pretty much, I mean, actually, they probably have five or six guys in the first team that are actual squad fillers, uh, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And the fact that a lot of his signings have like dreadful injuries, yeah. uh, track records when it, when it comes to injuries. And yet, we all kind of bought into this at the start of Seems like yep, Dumbarton's going to do well this season, and it just you know it just hasn't worked at all. I suppose in his defence, a lot of signings that we thought would do well I just have not happened at all. So Loy, I was I'll be honest with you, I was sceptical <laughs> about Loy. I thought, I mean, it's a having having interviewed him on the Pele podcast before. Uh, and thoroughly nice man. Yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly very very quite a deep guy, quite a complex <laughs> guy. And I thought, given his sort of at that point his relationship with football, I didn't know if part time was part time football was the best thing. For him to win, I thought he might struggle, and I don't think he's played since September. Um, right? But he's a back injury. Aye, and he's out with a back injury. I think it's one of those injuries that that you know, as a lot of back injuries, very difficult to, to give a prognosis for, and, and how long uh, the players likely to be out for. I remember we did the podcast with uh, with Danny Denham uh, a couple of months ago, and he made the point that they're a really slow team. Yeah. And when you look particularly in central midfield, when you can pick between Stuart Carswell, Ross Forbes. And, and Kyle Hutton that must be the it's like imagine running through treacle but three people at the same time running through treacle you know it's just easy all you need to do if you're playing against side team when it comes later on in the match if you're still in a shot just make, make changes and, and, and run at them because these guys are all quite tidy ball players Forbes in particular but there's not a lot of mobility there in fact across the team maybe only Bobby Barr and uh, Cammy Ballantyne are the only ones yeah. and, and Thomas I mean Thomas is uh, that they've brought in of course no slouch I think with Dom Thomas as well that's why, why I mentioned him earlier I think Dom Thomas is the sort of player that really can create something out of nothing I mean who did, it, who did they play they drew two each against Airdrie Airdrie it was Dom Thomas with a sort of like a last minute wonder goal against Dennis Muir they beat him 2-1 last time they met at the Rock absolutely horrendous game of football Dom Thomas picks the ball up 25 yards for goal just has a shot and it goes in and he's the sort of player who's bold enough to try that and he is a real real sort of maverick and I think if it wasn't for him there you'd have them as favourites too I think without him they would have been doomed uh, but again you're still looking around the team so, so you've got Michael Payton like wide on the right so a couple, of, a couple of years ago I thought he was really good at Dunfermline at the, the season that Dunfermline won the, won the third tier Michael Payton was excellent just not, not really achieved anything this season. Craig Barr has missed Injuries. the vast majority of the season. I think he may have made his comeback last week. Uh, Cammy Ballantyne, I thought it was a great sign and I was really hoping yes, that Ray would get him. Same. Pretty much missed uh, the vast majority of the season. And as much as you can blame injuries and you can blame Steve Aitken, I don't know if Jim Duffy could be kind of blameless in all this either. Admittedly, he's got like a, a small, imbalanced squad. There's been no bounce. You've not seen any vast improvement. But another manager that's went in and, and not really got any more uh, out, out, out of the players that he inherited. And in fact, I mean, I think, I think Stevie Aitken had something like three wins during the first quarter of the season, I think. Uh, Duffy's only had about four or five since, so... Arguably they were doing better they've under Aitken They've only won five league games this season so uh, Right so Aitken maybe, maybe, maybe won two yeah. and, and Duffy's yeah, won yeah, three Duffy, something yeah. like that So they've it's arguably actually got worse since, since Duffy went in there Even though he is a future scholar manager apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just crazy I mean I, I thought that I always liked Dumbarton as a sort of flag bearers for, for part. I've said this loads of times but I'll repeat it again Love what Dumbarton did for part-time football in Scotland showing that you know full-time football isn't the be-all end if you've got good players and a good manager and you've got guys that want to buy into like fitness regimes and stuff like that then you've got a right good chance of doing something with yourself and it's just a shame to see I mean the way they were relegated they were crapped in the playoffs mm-hmm. against uh, Aston Park it's a proper whimper wasn't it yeah. it was completely with the way they played and the substitution they completely painted themselves into a corner so that when I'm sure it was Ross Stewart that, that scored uh, with like, an injury time they got exactly the what they deserved but yeah by the time they got into the playoffs there was nowhere for, for, for them yeah. to go and to, to see them so I thought they'd, I thought they'd win the division based, based on science but it was just 
completely incorrect. So, crystal ball time, Sean. Where who's going down? Who's in the playoffs? Uh, I will go for uh, Brecon to finish tenth and Steny to finish ninth. And you're confident that Craig, you're confident that Steny are avoiding that. I think Steny will avoid. I think Steny's will challenge for the top four next season if they stay in the division. I think Brecon will finish bottom. The Barton will finish in ninth. Grand. So we'll go on to who your play team in ninth might be end up playing uh, in the playoffs in League Two. We've got a interest. We've got a title race. Oh, it's, 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 it's fantastic! It's almost almost a three-way actually. Come oh, on, definitely! I'd say it absolutely is a three-way title race. But we had uh, a highly anticipated <laughs> match yeah. between Peterhead and Edinburgh City. Uh, of course, Peterhead went into the match; they could have narrowed the gap at the top of the table to a point. Edinburgh could have stretched the league to seven points. In the opening seconds of the match, Rory McAllister takes centre. Passes it to Willie Gibson, who hoofs the ball right out of the park for a goal kick, and that fucking summed up the match. You know how uh, someone involved in the game, one of the managers, coaches said, "They both I, said, I, I was, I, we get DVDs of that match, and I'm, I'm using that to put my coffee on.' I think it was like the, 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 the I read the comments in the Peterhead website. McNally and McDonough both said it was just a shiter. You know how uh, you know how Arbro's highlights last a long time. <laughs> Thirty six now TV. I mean, they they just want to give us content and fair play. Well, they put uh, as well thirty six for the for the abandoned game. They put the entire match. It's like you will get your twelve minutes worth of highlights, even if it is literally the whole match. But the, the five and a half minutes of uh, Edinburgh versus Peterhead oh. felt three times longer than any <laughs> any Ambrose highlights I've ever watched. One shot and target in the whole match. The, the, I tell you what, I did notice so that I thought was quite interesting. I've never noticed this before, and I, Peterhead have got a. Uh, they had a good highlights package that I used to watch uh, mm, pretty much every week. The, the home dugout is enormous. I mean, it's about the length of a bus. <laughs> so, you, so you get everybody in it. The away dugout is tiny. Well, so it's all about like, sort of psychology. Culture, I remember uh, going on a stadium tour at the Emirates yep, for the I Arsenal. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, the, the shape of the home dressing room is the shape of a horseshoe. So everyone can see each other, whereas the away dressing room is rectangular. But, and so it's it, got a table uh, in the middle that cuts off at like eye level so you right. can't so you can't so deliberately bend grass for it to be put in so you can't you can't fully see the the opposition your your guy across the room from you there so, you go that's obviously Jim McAnally's uh, been in a stadium <laughs> tour to the Emirates and he was like I'll have somebody being <laughs> probably ripped out I, after I, it <laughs> <laughs> Palmer's got the horse shape but I just make uh, make the dugouts absolutely massive and we, tiny we have reached the, this part of the season though, where Peterhead make a complete pig's ear of getting promoted and then we are flabbergasted at other uh, professionals in the game saying that Jim McAnally's a great manager and that's, that's yeah. astonishing I was, I was looking through the teams I was trying to find something interesting to, to say about this and I was looking, I was looking I, it's, it's quite boring now because eh? you're just like this, this is a team that should should scoosh yeah, every single season. Yeah, I mean, in terms of well, up there with Clyde actually, like a couple of, from a couple of seasons ago. Well, uh, well Clyde, I mean, Clyde have gone through what's it like about a, a decade and a bit of purgatory. This is probably the first, the first actual actual Clyde team that's challenging at the top because Barry Ferguson's team, team was awful. Well, no, they, they, Barry Ferguson's team finished top top four. Then should they finish third one year? The damn they sure underachieved they... though. Like if you know what I mean, they, like. From yeah. the, the, the players that the players that were made available to Ferguson, the budget was made available. Yeah, to them, yeah. They should, like they, no, that's, should, that's uh, a fair they, point. they got to the playoffs one year, and Barry Ferguson didn't go to the, one of the first legs. I'm sure. Ah, I think he was doing it. Yeah, because he was I doing it. He went to Switzerland for a coaching course. Is that right? Bob yeah, yeah. Malcolm took the first leg. I'm sure that well, was, sure yeah, that was yeah, a playoff yeah. game. They got to the finals anyway against Queens Park, but I mean, there's all the. The stuff on the way back from Elgin, the stuff with Chris Mitchell came and he was obviously yeah. he'd been playing with the Merlin scene. So you don't know how much that affected mm. the, the the mentality. But mm-hmm. having interviewed players in the past, they said the second leg at Queen's Park they could have been playing all day yeah. and, and wouldn't have scored. Anyway, uh, back to talking about Peter Ed, like I say, I tried to tried to look in um uh, if there was any, any interest in talking about this Peterhead their form in two thousand and nineteen hasn't been particularly good. Two wins against Albion Rovers and Berwick Rangers but three of us could pitch up and beat Albion Rovers and Berwick Rangers actually if they were playing three of us against their 22 <laughs> could probably pitch up and play them the teams have been beaten by are Clyde Nannan uh, the teams immediately beneath them and then they've, they've drawn against Edinburgh um, they've got games in hand two games in hand both against Cowdenbeath and they're doable um, but they've got you look at the difference in squads between Edinburgh City and um and Peter Ed, and you look at the the guys who have actually got tangible who've achieved something in football. For instance, you got Mick Dunlop there, who has a specialist in getting out of the league. Too, he's got two titles 
in two promotions mm-hmm. from League Two. Then beneath that, you've got like Paddy Boyle, Greg Fleming, Roy McAllister, Derek Lyle. Derek Lyle's the most successful player in the Scottish lower leagues. All guys who know what it takes to, to win a title and, and get over the line. Compare that to Edinburgh, for instance. Uh, I think um, Conrad Balatoni is the one who's got a title. He won it at Partick mm-hmm. Thistle in 2012-2013. Even the big hitters like uh, the guys that are playing well for them, Blair Henderson, he's always been a sort of mid-ranking mm-hmm. player. Uh, Craig Thompson's doing well for them, never in a title race at heart. Scott Shepard, never in a title race at Falkirk. Or sorry, might have been there when they were titles, but never never played an, an, an important part in it. So you'd imagine that sort of uh, that that that, uh, that mentality when it's come off this because Edinburgh themselves are stuttering, noticeable by the concession of late goals. Remember they were two 0 up against um, Edinburgh, two uh, 0 up against Berwick. Berwick Rangers, beg your pardon, Berwick Rangers scored in the 80th and 90th minutes, and then they came from two goals down against Elwyn City to go three two up, but conceded an injury yeah. time. Um, so you wonder whether where that loss of focus has come from, given how uh, sensational the form was earlier in the season. It's always good when it comes to this time. This really separates the, the sort of the men for the boys at this time. Of the year. They're, they're both the seasons have been pretty much mirrored uh, each other. So Edinburgh won fourteen in the first seventeen, and Peterhead done something similar. But their, their recent form is pretty similar. Yeah, I think yeah, it's, they're kind of both starting, and it kind of needs. Opportunity for Clyde to come yeah. straight down the middle. But the, the thing is, that I think both of them, I think Edinburgh and Peterhead, have got better squads than Clyde. So the guys, I mean, these guys didn't play in Edinburgh's last game. So Danny Handling, uh, Danny Galbraith, Josh Walker, uh, Graham Taylor, who's having a really good mm-hmm. season on the wing, none of those guys uh, started uh, in their last game. So th- these guys have all still come back into the team. I think the, those two teams have got better squads than Clyde. What I will say is, I think Clyde, Clyde might have the better manager. Uh, out of the three I mean Clyde are unbeaten since October yeah it's, it's incredible I mean what the, the moment of a, an 11 game unbeaten sequence mm-hmm. and until the draw with Annan they'd won their last yeah. six games and, and I mean it wasn't that long ago as well that people were starting to say that Lennon was under a wee bit of pressure they lost four his first seven or eight mm-hmm. uh, something like that but I, I can see Clyde just, just kind of sneaking in I mean bear in mind uh, so the point Annan was, was a, a really good point bear in mind that they didn't have David Goodwillie I mean if they can keep this run going without him I mean well, he, he improves he's yeah. out with a fractured arm at the moment and there's no real time as to when he's going to come back I think I read that the hope that the, the next game again which I think was against Queen's Park I thought he might have been in after right. that but I must admit I didn't know the level of his injury so, right, so sorry, I, I assumed, when he said fractured arm I assumed it was uh, a bit longer because I read the, the stuff on the Clyde website mm. and there was nothing to indicate and I thought fractured arm pretty serious um, what was the highlights of their, their game against uh, Annan Athletic and I thought the first half they were kind of a bit nervous kind of dawdled in the ball a few times and that allowed Annan to get in uh, Chris Siversen's goal was very well taken though a good bit of play by Barry Cuddehy at right back made space for himself clipped it into uh, Ray Grant in the middle of the park really poor piece defended by Paul Watson who seemed to beat your part Peter Watson who seemed Paul was not big at all pissing planet I'd say Paul, Paul, Paul Joseph Watson oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. imagine my shop <laughs> you know what actually I'm going to uh, me and my mate were talking about going to have a couple of uh, dunks of Brain Force Plus one night and see what, <laughs> see what that's about it's a zootropic that comes without the crashes and jitters associated with energy drinks but anyway we'll not talk about that right wing conspiracy theory whack job Peter Watson misreads the ball and it breaks the Siversen and it's actually really well taken because he takes uh, Scott Hooper one way then the other and, and has a low shot And but Aaron kind of came back into the match and they had the chance to equalise David Wilson hit the bar from a header um, and I think what would be disappointing no, I'm not, I said I wouldn't say that don't describe a goal as disappointing because all goals can see are disappointing but the way it, it was a shot for the edge of the area it, took a, it seemed to take a deflection on, on, on the way in uh, but what you would say about Clyde is that they're not just a one man side I, don't, I think that previously in previous years there was a, a huge over-reliance on David Goodwillie now you've got other guys stepping up like Ray Grant's in a good season John Rankin is, is actually not just playing well but he's uh, scoring. He's got, I think he's got six goals in his last like eight or nine games, which is um, remarkable. For anyone who's ever seen yeah, John Rankin, yeah, <laughs> and, and John Rankin, as you made the point earlier about like Ian McShane, he's a sort of like a budget version of Ian McShane because he'll just keep things ticking over, yeah. nice and tidy. He's a massive upgrade in the likes of Kevin Nichol, for yeah. instance, and he'll um, run all day. 
Despite the fact that, despite, despite his age. Yeah, but on top of that, I mean, the guy looks fantastic. You know, he's in incredible shape, and that must be a brilliant role model. Because I know that Clyde have got a, a good few young players there. So yeah. maybe John Rankin will will will, uh, will probably be a short difference. role models there at Clyde FC. <laughs> Wonderful club. We're all very fond of them. Now, this is just a bit of trivia for you. They've got two games in hand, right? It's against Stirling Albion. That's yep. in the middle of the month, and then against Elgin City at home in the middle of March. Now. Can you tell me the last time Elgin City won a mid-league league match? A mid-league league match. Can you tell me the last time Elgin City won a mid-week league match on the road? Uh, it's going to be quite lengthy. They've ne- ne- maybe never done this. It's like I wouldn't surprise me because they they travel abysmally. Uh, yeah. uh, they're probably. Done quite a few draws. Done quite a few draws. Yeah. Few draws few, uh, We're going to have to pressure for an answer here, Duncan. I'll go 2009. He's not quite, man. It was. No. Uh, it was almost uh, seven years ago. It was a Tuesday, the 21st of February, 2012. Can you tell me who they beat? 2012. I'll give you a clue. It's who they're playing next <laughs> midweek. <laughs> Sorry, that was it's Clyde, and the goals were from Danny Moore and Mark Dernan. Oh my! Well, Dan, oh, Danny Moore's uh, He's retired, now. retired now. Yeah. Nice. But on top of that, the, the, the thing is, that one of the games against Stirling Albion, who I say we've not really mentioned, but they beat Albion Rovers uh, through, through through the week there, uh, and they've moved within a point from Annan, so they're certainly not going to be I mean, that, is, is, is that, um, that last playoff spot's going to be interesting because they're with that, you know. I think it's been two horse race between Annan and Stirling. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've, I've never counted that stadium at Elgin before. <laughs> oh, jeez, oh, uh, been, club, but, Stirling's um, been excellent under uh, Kevin Rukovic, absolutely yeah. brilliant. And especially guys like Darren Smith are coming back mm-hmm. in the team. Peter McDonald, I think he went off injured recently. Or he started to come back to fitness. But there's, aye, they, they've done very against him. And, and having their, their sort of talismanic striker, there's no. Is it, yeah, it is an odd one. Yeah, because you've got that three team shootout for the for the title. But then the the team that finished second, third, they, they go straight away and play each other. <laughs> Uh, and that fourth team just has to that, that fourth team just has to motivate itself and try and just think right we'll take on who's coming ninth hey, and, don't, and, don't, don't sweat man it happened, so happened, it happened with Steny yeah uh, no no I guess the thing is as long as you've got that's the thing you just need to be self-contained in yeah, that regard I, it'd be like focus on what the, the big exactly, size is I said like, I, I remember always just I said this last year so but no but it was always that you oh you need to play your way and you can't just get into the you can't be shite and, and get into the floor it doesn't work like that you can, <laughs> you can be as bad as you want and then suddenly it, it didn't do breaking any harm. No. <laughs> so uh, I think that's it. We've, uh, we've uh, spoken for enough time, I'd imagine. That's enough yeah, time for, for, a, for a, a free podcast. That's over fifty <laughs> over fifty minutes. That's that's, that's, that's good. If you feel like uh, that that sort of content should be rewarded with uh, with monetary value then head on over to patreon.com for just terrace podcast and you will hear us we're about to record something St. Valentine's Day related we're going to talk about Sean's dates <laughs> no we're not we're going to talk about uh, talk about football I wanted I suggested we talk about something non-football but apparently people don't like that I don't understand why I remember we did albums and stuff like yeah that. Well, I enjoyed it well, I enjoyed it maybe people didn't enjoy listening to it though well if, I mean, if somebody's uh, pitching uh, the view which bits then <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to listen to that either. So anyway, we'll be over there. Uh, also, follow all our uh, accounts. You know who what they are. Accounts. But now there's a, there will, I make a special plea. There's a, a second uh, Twitter account you see for the TV show that is adapted from the podcast. Completely different. Ron Smackdown. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that and I was announced today that our first show will be on. The, uh, well, uh, our first show. I say the TV show adapted from the podcast <laughs> first show will be on the first of March, eleven pm. So you've got, I think, there's a championship match. Then there's an episode of Scott Squad. So get on down to that, and then an hour of of a podcast adapted from a, a TV show adapted from a podcast. I hope nothing. I hope nothing controversial happens in this game of football that's going to take place because it's, the TV show is all pre-recorded. <laughs> so if anything wildly controversial happens in it, it's a hurricane. Yeah, we won't, we won't be able to away, we won't talk at all. But the, the TV show is going to be fucking class, man. My uh, my mum has uh, said that she's delighted that it's not on at the same time as Gogglebox, which would suggest. <laughs> Which would suggest that she would rather watch Gogglebox than her own son on television. <laughs> Met your mum at the, at the live yeah, show. Yeah, She's the most Fife-sounding person. She sounds like she'd be on a, a banking advert. From time, you know, they go all around different parts of Scotland. From Versailles. Versailles! <laughs> 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 
Like the Scottish football Sky adverts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> St. Johnson is a, a dad in his idiot son sitting on a bale of hay. Right, anyway, uh, thanks for that. We'll uh, everyone say goodbye. Thank you, goodbye. Uh, goodbye. See you later. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.